everybody welcome to this week's episode of tour pass podcast this is episode 39 i'm matt Harmon. i'm here with my co-host dante dante how are you doing not too bad how are you i'm doing fantastic uh this past sunday was the royal rumble and i really enjoyed it and i know this isn't a wrestling podcast so i won't talk about it but that has made my week so far uh, um I'm how glad, are you glad to hear that i'm good um sorry to everyone that this episode is coming out on a thursday we're both kind of um, slow into the work force, and we're trying to figure out each of our schedules. But we'll have this locked down for you. Yeah, it's it, it's as, been tough. You know, as we, as all of our listeners know, I, I was in uh I was in witness protection, and I made some made some connections there. So I have a new job. Can't talk about it. It's very secretive, but I can say my partner is a robot. Whatever that means, uh, I'm not even gonna con- like gonna pretend to jump into that. Um, but yeah, um, we got my buddy Andrew Heaton, good dude out of Mississippi, uh, very talented. I didn't even, um, I don't even think we got to talk about this, but he's also a marine biologist. Just no. No, we definitely didn't talk about that. That's a fun fact. The dude's fucking, he's insanely awesome. Like just the, the amount of skills and, and shit that he has. And he's just all around like a super nice dude. And I'm stoked for this one. That was a lot of. Uh, we had a lot of fun the uh, other night. Uh, Dante was having some technical issues, which yeah. uh, will probably still be in this episode. I think they were funny yeah. enough to keep them. It, it's a mess. Um, it's, it's a good episode. <laughs> Our socials, though, we didn't do that. Oh, uh, we are on Twitter and Instagram at, at Torpass Podcast. Uh, email us torpasspodcast at gmail dot com. However, you listen to us, iTunes or not Apple Podcasts. I mean. Spotify, whatever. Make sure you give us a five star rating. If you could leave us a review if you have time, we'd really appreciate it. We've been saying it for a while now. And I don't think we've gotten any. So, like, hopefully. I, the... I also haven't looked. Yeah. We might yeah, I haven't have looked, time. but. One of these days, shout everyone out that did. But for now, we're not going to do that. But thank you hey. for listening. Thank you for being here. Yeah. And Dante, thank you for being here. Hey, Matt, thank you for being here. Well, what, a, what a nice podcast this is. Well, what a, what a... I was waiting for you to go somewhere with that, but I don't think you kind of didn't. Whatever. All right, let's get into this. Fuck you. All right, yeah, that's all right. Now we're back on track. All right, Andrew Heaton, welcome. Hey, how's it going? Hanging out, bud. I'd like to introduce you to my co-host and very good friend Matt Harmon. Andrew, how you doing, Dante? That was nice of you to say. Very good friend. <laughs> oh, I'm good. How are you, Matt? Doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. Yeah. So, um, you guys, I don't believe you've met. You might have, but probably not. Um, uh, yeah, Andrew is in Joystick. He also has his own band, Flying Raccoon Suit. Mm-hmm. And he also uh, plays Sousaphone, which is kind of like a tuba uh, <laughs> for one that wasn't in marching band, uh, in a band called Blackwater Brass Band out of uh mississippi where do y'all claim like your actual like hometown uh ocean springs yeah we we mostly play ocean springs to mobile for that sort of area yeah and you're you live what's what's the actual town you live in i'm also ocean springs so yeah 
Oh, you are in Ocean Springs now? I just, I remember, like, the only time I, like, uh, we picked you up at your dad's house. Oh, yeah, that was a while ago. It's, uh, Joystick has stopped by here a few times, I guess, dropping me off on the way back to New Orleans. But, yeah, it's over on the Alabama side. Right. And, like, how, how from your house to, like, I don't know, band practice in New Orleans, how, how far about, how far away is that about? So, I go about an hour and a half, uh, yeah, to band practice if it's Joystick, so... Luckily, band practice is like an annual thing, but uh, yeah, not very often. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's not too bad to do, you know, that often. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Um, it's it. Mississippi, as like a state, isn't or as a state, Mississippi isn't that far from New Orleans. <laughs> um, I grew up like going out there. My grandma had a house in like past Christiane and fucking. How all far? That. Yeah, how far is like uh, New stuff. Orleans to like Biloxi? It's Biloxi. Well, that's where, the, that's where the casinos are, though, right? Yeah, I feel like that's why most people come from New Orleans to Mississippi. It's for casinos because they're. I can't imagine another reason. Well, I used fishing. I used to work. I used to work for the supervillains based out of Orlando, and we when we would leave for tours and head out west, like they would want to plan it so that when it was time for our driver to stop for the night, we can park in this parking lot across from like the Hard Rock Casino, and they yeah. can just go in there and gamble all night. <laughs> That sounds right. Yeah, that's the reason people come through, man. Like, there's there's not a ton of, like, big shows or anything like that, so it's sort of like a hub on the way to New Orleans or to Mobile. I'm, well, yeah. Go ahead. I, I, I just thought the casinos were cool. That's all I was adding in. No, oh, they are, no, yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah, you're right about that, that, like, there's not a lot of shows. But I think that um, pre-COVID, you guys had a really good thing going, flying raccoon suit. Um and yeah. even before that, there was a there was a short lived all ages venue in Ocean Springs that a lot of shows came through and did things. Squeaky Lizard, rest in peace. Yeah, exactly. We we like cut our teeth there. And the great thing about you know those places, there was Squeaky Lizard and there was Graffiti's, and they would let a bunch of high schoolers who were like playing in their garage come play a show. Like we were almost always opening, but they would let those people play. So that was always awesome. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fucking, uh, and then obviously, uh, well, let's let, let's start, let's break it down into three different bands. So, Joystick, I don't even, dude, when did you join Joystick? I remember we needed you or we needed horn players for a show in Atlanta. Yeah. They used to have a festival mass ska raid, if anyone remembers that. <laughs> yeah, in so Atlanta? the funny thing is, you're the reason I'm in Joystick is, uh, FRS had opened for Joystick before, I'm sure, and you called me asking for fill-in horn players for Masquerade. So the only one that was available was our trumpet player, I think. Um, but then I mentioned I played trombone. So me and the trumpet player for FRS uh, tagged along and filled in for that show. And then there was a period of maybe like a year where Josh and Garrett and Joystick, um, they had something going on with school or they just weren't available to gig or whatever. But it was only me and Justin playing horns for a few months or maybe a year. Uh, there was even a Florida trip that was really like unique for Joystick because you were on drums, Dante, and Zach was on guitar. Yeah, exactly. and it was me and Justin for horns. Where'd you guys play in Florida? Uh, Transitions Art Gallery. Oh, that was the only show. Um, was it? I think it was like an end of the year, like ton of yeah, bands they're... playing type thing. Oh, right. On. Christian Costello, shout out! I need to have him on soon. Cool dude. He um he used to throw like a lot of a lot of the shows out there, and um yeah, it was it was like a 
I forget the name of it, but it was like an end of the year show. And yeah, it was just really cool. Yeah, that was crazy. Zach from Paris played uh, in Joystick, and he didn't practice at all, and he just picked it up <laughs> and played. He learned a lot of it, like, in the parking what? lot before we played, and did great, like, what, honestly. What did, what did he play? Guitar. Oh, right on. Yeah, and, it's and I mean, uh, he wouldn't – I don't think he'd be too mad if, if I said this on the podcast, but Zach is not the biggest fan of ska. So, thank you, <laughs> thanks a bunch, bud. <laughs> thanks for well, doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't Zach oh. the only guy from Paris we haven't had on this podcast? No, I'm saving him. Saving him for, uh, I don't know, maybe next week. Who knows? Okay, yeah. <laughs> He's been busy. He just got back from California. No, so. you, don't, you don't want to hot oh, shot the territory. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> we had a, we had, then, uh, no, no offense to Andrew either for like, yeah, uh, whatever. Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> no, I got it. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, you just kind of showed, like, you, you for, okay, so you played, you played, um, Jessica wasn't in the band yet. You were like the main, I don't think, she, like you were the main singer for FRS and you were playing guitar. Yeah, that band kind of, yeah, it had like two different forms kind of. And uh, I mean, we started as a group of high schoolers and sort of like, you know, any high school band is not going to be that good. And uh, most people, I feel like, sort of jump around from band to band until they've sort of, they have that life experience and they're better musicians. But we just kind of stayed in the same band until we were good. So our first <laughs> album was pretty rough, and there were some rough shows in there. Like our horn section all dropped off, and we we always did the two vocalist thing. Yeah, I played drums at first. That was yeah, super early on, definitely in high school. Yeah, I remember seeing you playing drums in like some random show at home in home. Oh, you know what? It's like a Brenner. Brenner I'm sorry. I'm just. Oh, Taco Fest. <laughs> Taco Fest? Okay, yeah. But, uh, this dude, Brenner, would throw a festival on top of a <laughs> uh, It was that side of a taco. Amazing. Yeah, it was an empty lot next to a Taco Bell. And I always remember there was like a hardcore band that closed that show out. They were called Motherload, I think. And they closed it out by destroying all their amps, throwing them off and breaking a bass and they had like a uh, stuffed moose head they were throwing at the crowd and stuff like that. Mike, that's fucking awesome. I just didn't realize till you like jumped in with Joystick on that trip to Atlanta that you pretty much play everything. Yeah, I've uh, constantly working on something. Like honestly, probably too many projects. I, I think I'm in at least like five right now. And even last week I recorded uh euphonium and trombone on a, a folk punk album over in Louisiana. Cause uh, these guys hired me to, you know, come lay some stuff down for them. And the studio was incredible, but I'm, I have a bad habit of that. Like I do consider the three you named like my three main projects, but there are other ones too, where I do some different stuff. I, I just meant like, like instruments. Like, is there any instrument that you, that you don't think you could play? Oh yeah, any any woodwinds like I cannot do sax and all that. I can yeah. shittily play like the lion sleeps tonight maybe or something like that. <laughs> yeah. no, nothing good. What about like uh, you think you play bagpipes? <laughs> Dude, bagpipes are fucking hard. I've tried to play bagpipes before. That shit sucks. And then and how how cool is that? Man, aren't they only in one key? Or no? I, I didn't even get to the key. It was just like, hey, here's a couple notes. And it's like the whole breathing and squeezing 
while like yeah. moving your. I'm just not that coordinated. I'm an idiot, so I mean, I'm not the best example. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. So yeah. thanks for agreeing so quickly. No, <laughs> he's ready. It just made up for it. Um, <laughs> so, um, Andrew, you were mentioning Blackwater plays shows all over, like the Mississippi Gulf Coast to Mobile. Not touring necessarily. Yeah, not really touring. Whenever we travel, it's always like these um, less than week long stints. So we have sort of been around the southeast and a lot of random spots in the Midwest. It doesn't sound like people should travel to, but they just had they knew like spots and stuff. So we played in Indiana a bunch, for instance. But yeah, a lot of like Florida, Georgia, uh, Alabama, Mississippi shows. Yeah. What do you think you're – well, we'll go through all the bands, but, like, what do you think, like, the the weirdest Blackwater show and then, like, the best? Weirdest one – oh, man. We've we played all sorts of different shows. So ones where – I mean, we've played, like, a hippie festival in North Carolina where, like, you know, a lot of half-naked hippies keep us up all night with their drum circle, that sort of stuff, and there's fire twirlers. But oh, no. on the opposite end of that, we get hired, like – Blackwater is a different type of band. So instead of, you know, playing with three or four bands on a bill, they'll play for four hours and, you know, cash the check basically. Oh, right. And, on. That's cool. And we got hired to play like this church raffle over in like past Christiane or something really random. And we didn't know it was like a church raffle until we showed up and started setting up. And it's a funk band. So most of the lyrics are just like variations of shake that ass and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> We had to get really creative with the set, and those people were so pissed about everything that we were doing. We were just struggling to make it through this set. It was like a lot of random older folks and a lot of like young sort of clean-cut folks, and they would come up to us and be like, these people are old. You got to understand, you need to play something slow that they can dance to. And like, oh, okay, we'll play some slow jazz or whatever. So we start playing something different. <laughs> And then somebody else would come up and complain, like, you're playing some boring stuff. you got to get these people's attention. Play something something fast and upbeat. I'm like, God damn it. Okay, we got it. So start playing something fast, and the next group of old people comes up, and they're like, you know, it's about to be Mardi Gras. I don't know why you're not playing when the Saints come marching in. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, we'll play Mardi Gras. And that gig ended – with this uh, young blonde lady. She got on stage with us while we were playing. And in the middle of the song, she wanted us to stop what we were doing so that we could play a country song we had never heard for her to sing with us to one of her friends in the crowd. And we, like our horn players, were trying to explain to her while a song was in progress, like that is impossible for several reasons. But (laughs) (laughs) she just kept going until... She grabbed, like, our sax player's horn to try to make him stop soloing at one point to, like, cut us off. And he got pissed because it's like a couple thousand dollar horn, you know. And they ended up shoving her, like, off stage. Like, it wasn't – she didn't fall or anything. But she was shocked that we, like, pushed her off stage. And it's a Christian, like, church raffle. So she didn't do anything bad about it. But then for the last couple songs, she just – stood in front of the stage giving us like a thumbs down, like just a calm thumbs down for the last like couple of months. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. And nobody was into it. And it 
it was a well-paying gig. It was bizarre that they asked us to play for some reason, but we That's- cut it off like an hour early. I'm sure we're like, this is not worth it for anybody here. We got to go. <laughs> okay. So I, I know we're interviewing Andrew, but I have to add this in real quick. So when I was in high school growing up in uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, if you played like heavy music, like I played in this band, we were really bad. But we were trying to go for this thing that was like every time I die meets the Blood Brothers and just failing miserably. But anyway, at that point in like Southern Ohio, if like you wanted to like play shows in your heavy band, you'd have to play at like these churches and like youth groups or whatever. So we played at this one place and their idea of like a backstage was like they had like a basketball hoop like out back kind of in this room that was like it was kind of like a like an overhang thing that was like connected to the venue and um what we didn't realize at the time is like if it was quiet like you could hear people in that room and anyway so like we played and it was like shitty it was whatever and me and my friend scott that also played in the band we were outside like playing basketball in this like hoop and just like joking around just being fucking ridiculous and apparently they put this girl up on stage to like talk about how she had been addicted to like heroin and fucking found Jesus, and now she's, like, not addicted to heroin. And apparently there's a, some point in the story where she says that, like, you know, and then I, I knew the path was through Jesus, but Satan tempted me, and I chose heroin. And my friend Scott had just, like, scored a basket and goes, fuck, yeah, motherfucker! <laughs> and it, like, screams <laughs> this whole thing. And they fucking kicked us out, and like we were banned from playing that place ever again. Holy so, you, shit. So, you're, so you're saying your buddy did a fuck yeah motherfucker at the exact wrong time? He had no, he, he had no idea. Able, yeah, he had no idea to like. He didn't, he didn't know that he w- could clearly be heard in the. In the and show. apparently, it really upset this girl. Like, and she got she got really upset about it. But like, he didn't know. Like, it just happened to happen. These things happen. Yeah. Going back to uh, that's a good story, Matt. But uh, it was an okay story. It was an okay story. I could have told it better. No, I'm not you out of heroin. Going back to Andrew, that dude, fucking, that's on them, man, for like not doing the research. Like, what do they want? Exactly. People have that problem a lot, and especially with that one being sort of like a, you know, working man band. We, it's bizarre the number of times we get hired to play you know, a club or a wedding or something that's hiring. It, it used to be like a 10 piece, like brass funk band. We're down to like eight now. So same as joystick, but not realizing how loud a five piece horn section will be in their tiny club and then being pissed about it and stuff like that. Oh, I'm sorry. man. That's just, you know, that's just the way it goes, I guess. I, I don't, I don't really. Oh yeah. That. If they sign a contract, you know, we're fine with it. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know that side of uh of of the I don't want to say music, whatever I don't know the side of like a a house band like you know the yeah. that that would be on Frenchman or whatever. Do they give you like a playlist like hey do you know any of these songs? Luckily no cuz uh like if you go to a casino like you were saying earlier you do have to be one of those bands and honestly we could be getting paid more if we were one of those bands but we our set is like half original and then half covers so that we can still try to satisfy both sides. But I would say that like flying raccoon suit and joystick are my main creative outlets. And then blackwater brass, 
which is still fun and a good band and like great musicians. That's more of my, uh, you know, pay the bills type band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I was talking to you yesterday too, that like you and another dude have jobs outside of that band. Yeah. Uh, everybody else basically does or did music for a living. It, they did have some side jobs, but when COVID hit, it messed a lot of them up. Uh, the trumpet player, that's in Blackwater and Flying Raccoon Suit with me, like, his uh, other job was he owned a branch of, like, a bounce house rental business, and then between that and music, he paid his bills, so for a while there. Both ends. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, only a couple of us have uh, full-time jobs in that band. Yeah. Damn, dude. Um, Has, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Flying Raccoon Suit has toured, right? You guys have been around a little bit. Yeah, we've uh, in our first form, we only toured once, and it had the the bad ending. I'm sure a lot of people with tour stories have. And since we've reformed and we have what I consider like our good lineup and good album and everything now, we've done a lot of uh, week long runs, mostly around the southeast. So, 2020 was supposed to be our heaviest touring year, and Actually, the last thing we had booked was a small run with Joystick out to Texas because... Oh, right, uh, right. Yeah. yeah, we were both in Skabai with Mephiscopheles, and then Joystick was going to hop off, and Flying Raccoon Suits booked to play Fest whenever that happens. But, uh, yeah, it's mostly around the southeast. We've never... That was going to be our first time further west than Louisiana. Yeah. Oh, damn. What happened... Um... You said you said that the first tour kind of ended how bad tours usually do. Like, I mean, do you guys lose a lot of money or? Yeah, it was. Uh, so we were. It's when we released our first album. We all just got out of high school, and uh, we had most of our old lineup, and we were going to do like maybe ten days around the southeast, down through South Florida, up through like the Carolinas, come back home. Um, we didn't have a van or anything because none of us had access to that. So we were doing this whole trip in two vehicles and all of our stuff, except for the amps was on top of our trumpet players, Jeep. He had this like cargo giant bag that people put, I guess like camping gear on top of their Jeeps in. And we packed all of our equipment and clothes and that. And we were trying to drive around and do this. So at different times, his these cars just kept breaking down, which there have been several joystick tours that are the same way. Like, I feel like joystick had a curse where I've been on several where we don't finish the tour. We get to the day before the last day and then the van craps out. Unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. it was, we luckily we didn't have the equipment in it when this happened, but the rack fell off of his Jeep that had been carrying all of our equipment just onto the highway and Jesus. we lost we lost the day fucking putting the rack back onto his jeep we then his radiator started having problems we were trying to nurse it to get to this gig in atlanta and he would have to open the hood use a comforter to pull the cap off the radiator and like let all this fucking steam and water like run out or whatever so we could try to keep making time and it ended with this ridiculous like the jeep gave out on us going downhill and we had to go to a nearby motel and try to find somebody to pull us with a chain like somewhere else and i don't know it was this fucked up thing it ended with us at a roach motel with uh one of their 
triple a cards was able to bring us to this local roach motel a friend came up from mississippi towed us back but not the kind of towing where the car is lifted it's like where you have to steer behind them and press the brakes when they're pressing the brakes that sort of shit all the way from atlanta to mississippi (laughs) jesus christ dude i'm so sorry yeah it sucks that was our first experience on the road that was there were some incredible shows in South Florida that were that I still look back fondly on, but yeah, that ending was just a story for years to come. It's it's rough out there, man. Like, yeah, joystick. Um, I, fuck, dude, you're right. I didn't realize that. Three tours I know of for sure that joystick joystick vehicle crapped out on the second to last day. Yeah, that's insane. I've only heard about the Michigan one, but I was with you on the last tour in Chicago. Like I had to fly home to get to work uh, on that Monday, but the day before the last kill Lincoln date, the van crapped out in Chicago. Yeah. And it happened again. Um, I don't think you were with them, but the uh, in um, Omaha, Nebraska with swinging utters and. The- oh shit. Yeah. That's insane. It is like a curse. Like it's always the second to last day. Let's, you know what? Next time there, there was a cancel the last day. There, <laughs> well, there was there a go. there was that first less than Jake tour that me and Dante did, where a certain band's vehicle pulled up to the last venue and died. Oh God! Oh, I mean, yeah. that's lucky at least. But I, they wouldn't. Mind. You know what I'm talking about? It was direct hit. They wouldn't mind. Yeah. They um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, they don't care. Yeah, no, those guys are awesome. I mean, like, well, I didn't know. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I speak for them. It could um, have been bearings. It was one of two bands. There's, yeah, that, it was a fifty-fifty shot, dude. Uh, just vehicles are the worst part. Like, Andrew, welcome back. <laughs> My connection on this fucking piece of shit app keeps fucking up. Uh, it's all good. Just in anchor. Don't please let us release this episode. Um, we keep knocking them; yeah. they keep putting our episodes out. So I think it's fine. I think it's fine. Um, enough about the bad stuff, though. Touring. Um, <laughs> let's talk about good things. You guys currently are crowdfunding Flying Raccoon Suit, correct? Yeah, it's um, we've we've been blown away actually by the support because uh, we spent a couple years sort of grinding like. You know, social media, doing short trips sort of around the southeast, uh, you know, putting out covers of other bands and doing a lot of the community support stuff that we like to see. But we didn't think or we assumed that this would be a risk to do because Kickstarter always is. But we got funded actually last night, which is our 10th day out of 30 days. Oh, hell yeah. <clears throat> and we've uh, went 500 over just today. Uh, I still my copy, so... Sweet. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, we're we're stoked, man. One of the vinyl variants only has, I think, like two or three left. Not a little bit, but yeah, we got uh, three uh, vinyl left of one of the variants, and then we only have one more left. And we're trying to go, uh, you know, we're trying to get over 10k to meet reach our uh, stretch goals, and it seems plausible now. Like initially, that was kind of a far fetched thing, but we're uh, super blown away by it. We've got new content kind of coming out every Friday during the entire campaign leading up to the album release. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, everybody please go check that out. It's fucking badass band and they work their asses off and, uh, thank you. Let's get there. Yeah. Fucking what do you, um, 
uh, uh, fucking hate myself right now for not being. <laughs> um, I was gonna edit this out, but I'm gonna keep it. I fucking hate myself. <laughs> um, back on, back on to Tori. <laughs> it's been a long day. All good. Sorry. Back on to touring. Um, yeah, like fucking. You know, we talk about some of the worst shit, but what, what what's some of your favorite? Your, some of your favorite shit or just like also what's like you're you kind of already did this with the church story but joystick or frs like what's like one of your favorite like what the fuck shows and then also like one of your favorite shows yeah so uh joystick i'm trying to remember what show this was you might have been with us we played uh somewhere maybe it was masquerade or some something around that and some guy was like, you know, we'll give you a hundred extra bucks if you come play this after party down the road. And we yep. went to somebody's yep, house. Yeah, you know that one? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, there was just people like passed out all over the backyard and sort of like pissing on this dude's house and whatever. And I mean, I guess I don't know who owned the house. Maybe he was cool with it. But um, people were just like breaking glass. And it ended because somebody tore the gutter off the side of this guy's house, like at the house party we were supposed to play. <laughs> And uh, I don't think we ever got that hundred bucks, and I can't remember where we stayed that night. There, yeah, yeah. It it was really funny because it's like, dude, that's the the gutter is the least of your problems. Yeah, right. Right now, like dude, it was just fucking trash. I think the yeah they were breaking light bulbs. Well, one guy was like eating light bulbs, and he was talking about how he was a god or something. I don't know. That's right. He was eating glass. Yeah. Yeah. It's dark. Pretty Man, there nice. there was another one in uh, Valdosta, Georgia, which this is going to sound really similar to a Clay story that I heard on your podcast earlier. But this is we FRS, this... right? What's that? Oh, this no, is this FR. is still Joystick. But, okay. you know, okay. Sorry. we ended this uh, tour in Valdosta, Georgia, before New Orleans, and uh, Josh and Garrett were talking mm-hmm. to this bartender, and they were trying to convince us, you know, to – go stay at her place so that, you know, they can shoot their shot and stuff like that. So we, uh, me and Duck are like the old men of the group. We just kind of want to go to bed early and not do anything. But we got to this person's house. They have a dog that they were not cleaning up after. So it, the entire house was just covered in like dog shit and piss. And we could not find places to sleep. So Mickey slept in the van on like a hot ass summer night in Georgia um josh and garrett were trying to sleep in the bed but nothing ever happened there were like four guys in there and me and duck were cramped in this closet together on the hard floor with no cover just like parallel to each other like trying to go to sleep it was miserable and yeah just the whole place smelled of feces and that was that was not a good end to a tour either damn that's a bummer well what about uh what about like your yeah your you were saying some of the South Florida shows for FRS were yeah what's like some of your favorite shows? yeah they were um man it's uh and then when we were in high school some of our best shows we had one in Cape Coral down there and it was a little dive bar but for uh what was, do you remember what it was called it was called Play by Play I don't know if it still exists okay no I don't think so I don't think so okay it it was in like a strip mall. And we played maybe 30 or 40 people, which in a place like that was packed and for us was incredible. But everybody was like super into it. Like they were kind of breaking stuff like they shouldn't be, but people 
like we were a terrible band back then. We didn't even have uh, printed albums, so they were all on like CDRs. But everybody bought these <laughs> like shitty CDRs that we had, so there were no more left over. Like uh, there were only two shitty mics that we could use in this place, and one of them, you know, fell off, and our sax player like fell on the floor with it and was still soloing into it. But it was just an incredible show, and everybody was super into it. And we were all like such awkward nerds back then. Like everybody was trying to get us to, you know, drink and party with them afterwards. And only about half of us did. And some people like made our drummer chug a pitcher of water because he wouldn't drink and he just ended up vomiting from like trying to chug too much water. (laughs) 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 So the exact like opposite of a party situation. But yeah, it's like high schoolers, that was great. And more recently We've had some really good hubs down in South Florida, uh, you know, playing with Control This down at. Oh, I love Control This. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I live, uh, been living in Orlando for a while, so like those guys are good friends of mine. Oh, they're they're incredible, man, and they do such a good job of, you know, I try to. It's not exactly a business, but you want to go about a band with enough business sense where everybody can be, you know, paid and happy to some extent, and all the yeah. bands that he hosts, he is great about getting a guarantee no, and stuff. Jeff, uh, former former guest on this podcast, Jeff is a fucking great guy. Like, uh, he's booked a bunch of shows for my band. I always love Jeff because he always liked putting like one punk band on the ska show. Yeah, and typically my band would be like the one punk band on the ska show. So we've got to play with a lot of cool uh, ska bands like Memphis Scoffleys and oh, Mustard Plug and shit like that. Dude, I love Jeff. Yeah, he he's our connection there. He always puts us up in his house. He shows us the like cool places to get some cuban food or something like he's actually oh yeah yeah he's in the liner notes of our uh new frs album just because like oh that's so rad yeah our, Jeff's fucking awesome. i love that guy yeah fuck yeah um, but him, uh birmingham there's a lot of punk rock art shows and actually the day before you joined the betty white titfuck tour dante we played with betty white titfuck up at this uh punk oh, rock right. art show in birmingham that was pretty incredible yeah, yeah, everyone was telling me that was, like, the best show of the tour. Like, it was pretty fucking packed. It was great. Yeah, we got everybody paid. I, it sucks because that venue was sort of our home in Birmingham, and it did shut down due to COVID. Um, but, yeah, it was packed. The We were worried that the asbestos tampons were going to scare the crowd away, and they only did briefly. They came back. That's good. Yeah, we yeah. did. It's <laughs> uh, something that I don't talk about a lot. And it's fine. Not talk about it enough. Yeah, I'm in a band, Betty White Titfuck, and Betty White Titfuck's toilet humor, and then asbestos tampons were like, let's just say, like, not the most PC band. And I, I eventually threw out, like, when I joined the tour, I'm like, you guys can't play this song, please. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. They were looking nice. people in the eye saying some of those lyrics, like, man, they're they're brave. A little, little misguided, but brave, I guess. No, I love those dudes. And I think they yeah. got it that and like it doesn't matter good luck trying to find their music if you want i don't think it's even online anywhere at all yeah (laughs) but uh yeah i heard that was fucking rad yeah it was Um, a great show going back to like partying and shit i remember there was one joystick tour i was on it i think it was uh it was the one it was like mostly texas and um scott revival part two or whatever yeah and you were on that and i remember i don't don't know like i've never really known you andrew to like be like a party and crazy dude but like (laughs) like, 
was on a mission. was on a mission to like when I drink, you drink. What, what was up with that? Uh, <laughs> we made it so far. That's kind of hilarious because it's like you could have just answered the question and maybe we'll pop back up on here again. Who knows? Do you want me to do that and cut that out? Yeah, yeah. Do that. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I really, before I started touring with Joystick, I didn't drink heavily. I still don't drink heavily, but I didn't like party or anything like that. So, yeah, Justin was uh, determined for this one tour to keep me on pace with him. But uh, the funny thing is, I guess he's sort of a small dude, so I would sort of outlast him but just be kind of loopy because I wasn't used to, you know, drinking that much. But uh-huh. – I've learned on joystick tours, uh, I'm kind of a, you know, awkward, quiet dude in the band, but at a certain point I'm okay at, you know, talking to a crowd or something like that because yeah. I'm not as awkward anymore. Yeah. So I have learned that. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also like sober, um, who, who like, he's getting better. He's gotten better and better. But like at first when he was like first getting sober, he like did not talk to the crowd at all yeah that's a big thing for me like and no shame to joystick or anything but when uh frs started playing like obviously we didn't get good until years later but like as a group of little kids and stuff we were stoked to play with joystick for our first shows and stuff and joystick wouldn't even like be inside watching the other bands or anything or they wouldn't acknowledge other musicians and they've gotten better about that but that's something i always try to keep in mind to do is or to like watch most of the show or at least like acknowledge everybody and especially if they're or if it's somebody really hosting you and something like that but joystick's gotten a lot better about it yeah well it's hard to watch your local band when there's uh warm booze in the band 